This is episode number 91 of the Ships Podcast with Emma McLaren. Welcome to Ships. My name is Pat McAndrew, and I am a professional actor, speaker, and coach. In every episode, we discuss a message related to the most important vessels in our lives. Thanks for being here today. Now let's set sail. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today, you are in for a great episode with Emma McLaren. So, what did our next guest learn after traveling to over 60 countries and achieving the height of a fulfilling career? What Emma learned is that meaningful connections with friends and strangers are not only universal and challenging, but crucial to a life worth living. These connections often have to start with our relationship with ourselves, which is why Emma McLaren took an about turn in her career to build tech and non-tech tools for personal development through her company, Mirth. Mirth accompanies your intimate circles for personal growth and acts as your guide to better self-care, intentional technology use, and relationship building. At the end of the day, Emma wants to empower you to get off your phone, look up at the people around you, and feel more connected to strangers and friends alike. You are all in for a great episode with Emma today. Emma talks to us about her experience as a world traveler and a remote worker and how this really laid this foundation for her to develop self-care habits. She talks about not only the importance of physical exercise, but also mental exercise and its impact on the mind. We discuss why self-care is not selfish, how to keep self-care simple, and why accountability is so important to self-care. Mirth is all about accountability, and we really dive into the details as to what Mirth is all about. Emma also shares her ideas around busyness, and I think you're really going to enjoy this segment of the episode particularly. So, without further ado, let me please introduce Emma McLaren. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ships Podcast. Today's guest is Emma McLaren. Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Pat. I'm really excited to have you on the Ships Podcast because I think that you're coming from a very unique background and really just how you've created Mirth and what you've done with this organization and focusing on self-care habits. I think this is something that is super important in today's day and age where it's so easily to get distracted. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and dive into this conversation. That's great. Yeah, let's get right to it. Awesome. So I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing with our listeners just a, a little bit about yourself, maybe a bit about your background and what led you on to the path that you're pursuing today. Absolutely. So I often talk about how I'm on my third career. Um, I'm in my late 30s and um 
I often say this is my third career as a, a tech um, startup CEO. And uh, my last career was um, in sustainable seafood, which is something completely different from what I'm doing now. Oh, wow. um, and it was um, very satisfying, obviously, something in sustainability. Um, so that felt um, very fulfilling. And then one of the um, gifts that it gave me was ability to travel, work remotely, see the world, um, and uh, just fulfill a lot of kind of life goals um, through career and through just life. So I've traveled to over 60 countries. I'm 63 wow. to be exact. Oh my gosh. Um, those of us, those of us who've traveled to a number of countries often have our number, um, at the ready. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so si si 62 countries and about 40 of those, um, in the last two years or so of my career, um, as a sustainable seafood consultant. So the travel was extensive. Um, I was moving all the time. Um, but in many, people's eyes, I was living the dream life. I was living this amazing, um, fulfilling um, life on the road. For a big part of that um, career, I didn't actually have a home base. And so I was legitimately living out of a suitcase. But it was amazing. Um, diving in New Zealand and hiking Machu Picchu and visiting the Quokas off of Western Australia, um, Cuba, Indonesia, it's Bali, amazing. surfing. Would, it's amazing, now, right? Now would, would you go to these different countries and uh, essentially try out the, the seafood? Like what, what was your role uh, <laughs> when you were going to these countries? My role was, so we worked remotely for the most part, but there was an occasional in-person um, experience, especially around events. But as a consultant, I consulted a lot of the larger buyers, be that Walmart, McDonald's, Aldi in, the, in, um, in Europe primarily. And it was a lot about their procurement. So it was um, looking at where they bought their seafood, what that looked like, how the supply chain worked. And I also did a lot of kind of... Um, uh, management. So I managed a number of different folks and managed a number of events. So it wasn't as much in person. It required a lot of computer time and email time and Skype time um, and time management and self-discipline and all of that. And what ended up, what ended up happening um, throughout that career was it started to really eat into my mental health um, and I was feeling lonely because so much of it was on the computer, even though I saw my colleagues every once in a while, even though I was maybe surrounded by people, it was definitely lonely. Um, I spent an awful lot of time on my own. Um, most of my friends couldn't necessarily travel with me, so I would be traveling on my own. So I was a solo female traveler and that was challenging. So here I was in this like dream life. But I was, quote unquote, suffering. I was, quote unquote, um, dealing with a lot of the stress and anxiety and loneliness that that many of our um, uh, many of the people in our society are experiencing. But I had this like dream life. So who am I to complain and who am I to um, to think about that? And yet it became front and center. And also what I noticed is my colleagues um, in this remote company where everybody was kind of remote, the, the feelings of loneliness and the feelings of disconnection and the feelings of, um, needing to work on relationships. And so towards the end of, um, my time with that organization, I 
started focusing on humans and the people and doing mindfulness training and setting up, you know, team building things, forced fun, as many of them <laughs> said, um, just to try to build those relationships and build those connections um, a little bit deeper. And I loved it. And I realized how important it is for everybody. But there was a special part in my heart for these for these people who were giving their everything in order to save the ocean and to improve, you know, fisheries and to make sure that, you know, our world was more sustainable. They really give their all. Um, and so I felt drawn to this area. And then on a very selfish personal note, I was like, wow, you need to, you need to sort yourself out. You need to fix some things. Like, how are you going to do that? Um, and so I started to really transition towards self-care mental health awareness, mental health strengthening, um, and looking at joy and happiness and how living a life where you have everything that you want, but you're still not really happy, um, really factors into how we exist today and how I'm not one, I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, you know, you look at celebrities, you look at millionaires and, and how is it that we think if we have something, we'll be happy. So trying to find the root of that um, has led me to mirth and has led me to um, trying to build something practical um, so we can, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the tech and a little bit about um, what I'm building, but wanting to build something really practical to support anybody. Um, obviously, there are those who will um, be drawn to it a little bit more, but to try to alleviate some of these stress and anxiety and loneliness and struggles and things like that, no matter where you are in your life and where you are in your days. Um, because both have I gone through it and both have I seen, you know, what people are willing to sacrifice for either, you know, the earth or their purpose or um, something that they're committed to, to the, to the serious detriment of their well-being. Yes, absolutely. And I think nowadays it's just, I mean self-care obviously has always been important, but I feel like nowadays it's it's even crucially more important and I I wonder having this uh life where you had the opportunity to travel around the world, you worked remotely, like you said from many people's eyes perhaps living the dream, but then also you were really suffering in a lot of ways. Uh you were lacking, I guess, self-care at that time. What was that juxtaposition like that really put, put you in a high gear for the creation of Mirth? Well, I think um, I hit a bit of a rock bottom at one point. Um, and I didn't have very much left of me, right? I've been drained from this, from this um, contract from the position I was in and from all the travel. And it was just, it, I was exhausted and drained. So I kind of hit rock bottom. And I suppose anybody who's felt like the hit rock bottom or hit rock bottom or what have you, um, you know, there's only, there's only way to go is up. And, um, you know, you kind of have to take one step at a time and take it one moment at a time. But there's this, um, this period of rebounding from a low or from, from, from the bottom, um, so to speak. And, um, I think it's taken a while to get creative with mirth, but it started with my self care, right? It started with every day 
you know, looking at something different. So um, my self-care routine, I won't get into too many details about it because it's quite extensive, but it was the only thing I had. And so when that career ended and like the job ended and all of that, I had no home, I had no job, I wasn't near any of my family. I'm single, so I didn't have like, you know, the love partner. I have friends, but they're all far away. So I really had like none of the things that most people associate with happiness, right? Like you're happy because you've got a fulfilling job or you're happy because you're married or you're happy because you like your home. So I didn't have a lot of that um, at that moment. And it was like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And um, I have, you know, some good support system. But then I also was like, you're, you're in at this Um, what are you going to do for yourself? And so that was about picking myself up and starting. And then once you start, so part of my self-care was reading every day, listening to podcasts every day. Um, And so part of that is just exposing yourself. And so that was where a lot of that like creative energy and creative um, flow came from was just making sure that every day I was doing something, even if I didn't want to, that was stimulating my brain and what I call, you know, mental exercises. So, you know, getting out for a walk is important. Going for a run, if that's what you do, is important. You know, yoga, which I love and I do all the time. And that's a big thing for me. But um, mental exercises, I think for me at that stage was really important. And so by stimulating my brain and feeding it really healthy and nutritious information, not scrolling too much in, (laughs) you know, social medias and kind of getting to that zone um, really helped lay the groundwork for this kind of like burst of creativity and this burst of like, oh, I know, like, and this and that. And so, um, and so that's kind of where it came from. But it was, it was a bit of a slow go at first, but part of it is, yeah, part of it is building that muscle so that you're ready to kind of take on that next challenge. Yes. I couldn't agree more with you. There was, when I was growing up, I really wasn't a huge reader, but once I started to read and once I really began to develop knowledge and to learn a a wide variety of new things, it's amazing what that does for your overall health. And, And not only that, but, but with your confidence and establishing who you are, I think that it's obviously easy to point to physical exercise and say like, oh, okay, obviously that's really good for you. But I feel like a lot of times we neglect those mental exercises that you were just talking about. So I really love how that was a pivotal element within your whole self-care routine. Yeah. And I've never been great at running. Like I've always been pretty active. And obviously if you're a traveler, you know, you're walking through airports and walking through new cities and exploring. And so like I was relatively active, but um, not, not great at kind of getting to the gym or anything like that. And one of the things I reflected on and, you know, listening to podcasts and stuff was, you know, your body doesn't keep you on the couch. Your mind keeps you on your couch, right? Your mindset, your mind, what you're, what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, all of that tends to keep you sedentary on your couch. And we often focus on the body. And it's true. Going for a run is fabulous for mental health. Do not get me wrong that I do not believe that like exercise isn't just great for your mental health. But at the end of the day, it's often our minds that are keeping us not running rather than our bodies. So can we work on our minds potentially first and then see if that helps? And that's what's happened with me. I, I kind of, I now am more of like a gym person and I was running pretty regularly. And um, I felt that because I worked on my mind first, my body um, felt felt better at following. So yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. These are the all, all really crucially important things for all of us to practice. Yeah. I'm wondering if we could dive a little bit deeper with regards to the work that you're doing with mirth. Obviously, as our uh, listeners have probably assumed at this point, uh, mirth is so much about self-care. And what you wrote on your website, which I really like, is that it's about making self-care simple, fun, and sustainable. So I'm wondering if you could explain to our listeners, uh, how can we go about doing this? Absolutely. So um, I first want, so mirth is spelled M-Y-R-T-H. Um, and it's pronounced like mirth, which is an old English word um, that is M-I-R-T-H for kind of like joy and happiness. So it is, it's one of those um, classic startup, put a Y in it, like lift. Um, I'm <laughs> sure that that's not the only one. Um, but I really like the idea of kind of creating a new term and then um, making it unique and then also having it, you know, simple and sweet. But people are often like, how does that pronounced? And is it related to myrrh? So mirth is M-Y-R-T-H. And yes, it's pronounced like the happiness. And yes, it's related to kind of like joy and happiness and exuberance and things like that. Um, and it is very much focused on self-care. Um, I think that there's a misconception around self-care that it's selfish that it requires a lot of consumption, that it requires a lot of time, that you have to take like a self-care month or a self-care week, that you can't do small, simple things on a regular basis um, to, um, to support whatever it is that, um, that you find challenging or that, those, um, that you struggle with. Um, and I think self-care does look different for a number of different people. But what I have found through all of my research and reading and everything is that when you strip away the Netflix and wine and when you strip away bubble baths, you come down to some, some very simple basics um, that I found kind of throughout. And things like meditation, gratitude, exercise, eating well are some very fundamental basics. And so it can be really simple. The other thing, um, I have this funny background where I worked in um, environmental sustainability for an organization called One Change. And we handed out compact fluorescent light bulbs for free to neighbors um, in Calgary, Alberta. And it was based on the premise, and this is like back in like early mid 2000s, when compact fluorescent light bulbs were a thing. And um, it, uh, the basis was is that if you change a light bulb, you're more likely to start doing something else. You'll, you'll look at an energy efficient fridge or you'll maybe buy a Prius because the mindset has changed a little bit. And so I feel like I've taken that a little bit into mirth where simple. So sometimes just doing a small gratitude. I have a gratitude practice every day I call three things. Um, and I just, yeah, I just say, I don't yell it. Sometimes I yell it if I'm not feeling in the mood. Um, I just say three, three things. And then I come up with three simple things that I'm grateful for. And maybe that's like a nice, you know, I, I did a good job on painting my nails. I really liked the meal I had last night and, uh, the sunshine outside. Right. So, so just very simple, but if that's like your first step, it can be really simple and you can make that fun by, having, um, you know, uh, a partner to do that with, to share that with. Um, you can make it, you know, like cute and fun. 
um, and then and then ensure that like you're doing it consistent. And I think all of that requires a bit of support, um, either through community um, or through tracking. And that's part of where Mirth is built. And that's part of how Mirth is built, is that it's trying to include and support those self-care habits through um, accountability and community and simplicity. Um, and that's, you know, that's the basis of Mirth. Um, a little bit of an ironic thing where a lot of the pains that we um, suffer in today's day and age are related to tech, right? Like are related to um, the internet, social media, screen time, um, over addiction on, you know, phones or Netflix or what have you. Um, but I do think that there's a tool in our pockets that is there with us always that could potentially be used for good. And so that's, and that's a big premise of, um, of what Mirth is about as well. Yes, there's this element that you talked about, but both just now and that you mention on your website as well is this special ingredient of accountability. And I think this is something that often gets overlooked. I feel like for many people who do practice self-care, at least I know for myself for a while is in this belief that, oh, okay, it's just focusing on me. It's just, you know, kind of all about me and not necessarily selfish, but making sure that I'm taking care of myself so that I could therefore put my best foot forward every day. But I love what you talk about with regards to accountability, because it really gets other people involved. It really kind of creates this communal aspect. So why is being accountable uh, to each other so important when it comes to self-care? Absolutely. Um, and so at Mirth, we, um, my head writer and I, we talk about language a lot um, and we talk about words and we are using the word accountability because that is kind of easy to share and what a lot of people, um, you know, they understand what that means, right? Because we talk about accountability and, you know, habit picking, uh, picking up habits and things like that. But in a lot of ways to me, it's, it's inspiration and it's not inspiration ability because that's not really a word but there's um inspiration so it's meant to be a bit more of a carrot rather than a stick mirth is based on already established relationships now it's a slightly different model than a number of social networks and even other um habit forming apps where you're either paired with somebody you don't know, or you're paired with a coach, a virtual coach. Um, the idea behind Mirth is that it is with people that you already potentially have a relationship with. Now, this can be either in person, physical, in the place that you are, or having come from a background where, because I traveled so much, um, I didn't always, you know, have a place that I was, I was in always a different place. So it could also be a long distance relationship. It could be long distance friendships. It could be, um, your mom, right? So like you and your mom are, you know, doing meditation every day. And I will admit that it's something that I did with my mom. I like helped her get back into meditation again, because we did a, a basic, um, version of mirth together. So they, it is the idea of your, your, you're with somebody who you have some sort of connection with otherwise, which is why also Mirth is built for women's circles and men's circles and coaching circles, because these are other relationships. So it's less about accountability and like, why didn't you do this or whatever? 
it's more about inspiration. One of the things about self-care um, that I have found is it's there's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. Obviously, it's not, you know, the most world shattering um, uh, challenge you know, in our, in our, um, in news or in our social medias or anything like that. But self-care is often misrepresented. And um, I think that normalizing self-care and normalizing true self-care um, and what I mean by true self-care, you know, maybe that is, you know, taking your medications. Maybe that is getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe that is going to bed at a certain time. Maybe that is not watching, you know, seven hours of television or what have you. So, there's there's a, um, a some basic self care that I don't know if other people are necessarily doing or caring about. So mirth is there to help normalize. If I'm doing that every day, and you know that I'm doing that every day, and you care about me, then both you're going to care about me and also maybe feel inspired to do that as well, right? So you're maybe going to feel inspired to. Um, to meditate because Emma's meditating. And if Emma's meditating and you tend to like what Emma's been saying lately, you might feel inspired to do that instead of the kind of stick of um, you get punished or something or you lose a bunch of money or something like that if you don't do it. It's meant to be a little bit more of that inspiration. Um, and also, I think um, nobody would disagree. I mean, all the, all the habit forming experts. There are a few out there, mostly men, which I always find really interesting, but, um, but there are a few um, out there. You know, if you write down your goal or you write down your habit and you kind of tell somebody about it, you are more likely to do it. You are more likely to achieve it. You are more likely to feel, you know, some sort of responsibility to do it. So that's part of mirth as well, is to like write it down, share it with somebody, share it with somebody that you, that you either love or that you, um, have a little bit of, you know, connection with or some other relationship with that you want to support them. Um, and then also there's a vulnerability there, right? Like say, um, say it is taking your medication and that's really important for self-care, right? And a lot of um, people who suffer from mental health um, illnesses and challenges, they, they, you know, have to take medication and you don't necessarily want to share that with everybody. You, you may just want to share that with one person. Um, you may just want to share that with your coach or with your mom or your sister, right? And, um, they can see how you're doing it um, and if you're doing it and kind of there has to be a little bit of vulnerability there. There has to be um, honesty. Um, so being honest with yourself as well as others. Um, I find it interesting. So I um, I share some of my um, habits with other people, but a lot of it's, you know, on, on my own. And um, I do, you know, I have to be honest if I if I didn't get out of bed before eight o'clock in the morning, which is one of the things I try to kind of keep track, I have to be honest and say that I didn't do that. And that's okay, right? To just kind of, I think um, in the self-help and the personal development world, there's a lot of this, like you have to do better and you you don't do enough and made for more and, and all of that. And I think a big piece is also just acceptance that sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. So having somebody that you feel you can be vulnerable with is really important, which is also, if you don't mind me just um, going a little bit further, why, why, why mirth is, is, is largely based on what I, it's not my term. I found it somewhere else, nano networks. So the idea around mirth is that you create smaller 
nano networks. And you can have a number of nano networks in a larger network if you need to, but the but the software of Mirth and the, the platform of Mirth will allow you to have small groups. For example, a lot of women's circles or men's circles are made up of about eight people. So um, in a group of eight, um, it's a nice, small enough, um, intimate enough circle that you can feel that vulnerability or have that vulnerability. And then also you feel more connected to those around the circle as opposed to it being 50 or 60. I think Facebook has created this world where the more followers, the more friends, the more likes we have, the greater our connection, the more ingrained our connection, the deeper our connection because we have all these people. But the reality is, and this is more um, true around amongst men, but it's, you know, it goes both sides of the gender spectrum that, or all sides of the gender spectrum, um, that most people don't even feel like they have one. They don't even have one person that if they're having a bad day or they're struggling with self-care or they're struggling with their mental health that they can reach out to. Um, and mirth, you know, one of the, the basis is around mirth is like sometimes you just need one. My friend Amanda, my amazing friend Amanda, who um, I've been friends with my whole life, but lives far away and has pretty much always lived far away um, because I travel so much. She's pretty much the reason why I run. Um, it was just one of her. Um, it didn't take a running group. It didn't take a whole bunch of things. It took somebody who I love and who I know loves me, cheering me on and me looking at her example. And it took one for her, for me to get running because she was running. And so I think trying to establish deeper connection, deeper relationship with fewer people is something we have moved away from given how social networks grow and how Facebook has encouraged us to have 800 friends. Right. But are they really friends? And if you don't even have one person that you feel like, you know, like if you're having a bad day, you could like potentially reach out to whatever, um, then um, what does that mean for, you know, for our world and, and the people in it and how, and how they're dealing with, with tough times because life is, life is tough, right? Life is hard. And so um, it's, uh, it can be really challenging and have one person, which I have all these theories, which is one of the reasons why I think life coaching. So um, Mirth does support life coaching. And there are some elements of life coaching that I agree with and some that I find a bit challenging. And obviously, it's a booming industry. It's one of the fastest growing industries um, in today's day and age. And um, it's everywhere. You can't really flip through anything without coming across a life coach or a life coach guru or, you know, the Tony Robbins or what right. have you. Yeah, they're, they're very true. They're very, you know, they're very everywhere. But um, I think one of the reasons why life coaches is because people want that one person or they want to feel like there's like one person. So they hire a life coach and you're willing to put your money and sometimes significant amount of money. If you ever like have looked into it, sometimes it's very significant amount of money so that you have one person who can, you know, be your buddy, um, similar to like therapy, right? There's, you know, um, a lot of uh, differences between life coaching and therapy, but there are some similarities as well. But people are willing to pay a lot of money to have one person. Um, and so there is, a, there is a strength in one person. And does that have to be, you know, a $10,000 life coach? Or could you potentially get a Mirth partner or a Mirth circle and feel some of that support and feel some of that connection and relationship um, in those smaller networks by working on your own self-care, by supporting their self-care, by showing up as your full self, 
and building some of those connections and those relationships. And that's some of the like the theory and the premise of what mirth is. And, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But um, that that's some of how accountability, inspiration um, fits in and why I can't imagine not having that um, in in the platform. This is, <laughs> is so important. I, I really love how there's this emphasis on a small network of deep and meaningful connections, because I absolutely agree with you. I think nowadays with the internet and, and social media, sometimes I, I know I myself feel like I need to belong part of the you know, this large Facebook group or large Facebook community in order to get some sort of benefit or or to get to the next level of my life. But I absolutely agree with you. And, and really why I believe in what Mirth is doing is that it really focuses and hones in on the value that can be gained from just a small group of people and a small group of people that you, because it is small, are therefore then able to be more vulnerable with, and also much more invested in as well. You're able to get to know each other on a more personal level than you would be able to get to know people <laughs> in a group that has maybe hundreds or even thousands of, of people a part of it. While I think online, the online world is great for those initial connections with those big groups, I think it is important that we really invest ourselves in smaller communities, whether they be in person or or even smaller communities online as well. And so I, I really love your approach. I really love how there is more of this focus on smaller and deeper, smaller and therefore deeper, more meaningful connections and the intention behind that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I um it reminds me, so I really like contradictions. I really like things that um, don't seem obvious at first or don't, or maybe seem counterintuitive, right, at first. And one is that I'm trying to build tech to help alleviate some of the suffering that tech has created. Um, and that is, you know, a contradiction. And I am the first to point that out. Um, I'm part of the Digital Wellness Collective and the Digital Wellness Collective. Um, you know, I love to, to talk about it and share it. But when you get into it, people are like, isn't that, aren't you being a bit hypocritical by like, you know, doing some tech stuff to help solve tech? And it's, and it is counterintuitive. One of the other things is um, obviously as a startup, and as a businesswoman and as you know somebody who's trying to build a business there is an element of growth and of scaling and you know can you do this where um where it can get substantial that you're actually making the impact that you you know that you're dreaming about or that you're believing in and can i do that by limiting the amount of right um uh, of connections potentially, right? So like if I if I limit it to only these like eight person like groups or try to keep the group small, is that scalable? Will that grow? It's not the Facebook model where like, you know, the bigger, the better, not like a lot of models where the bigger, the better, where it seems obvious that that's the way to grow. Can I have sustainable, you know, profitable as a businesswoman, you know, um, growth, but having it in this like really limited trying to like do, um, something that is completely different from what um, what exists out there. 
um, to a certain degree. And, and yeah, so I, I love these contradictions. And so that, that made me think about my contradictions um, and brings us on to another contradiction, which I think is hilarious, which is our, our logo, our, our mascot. Um, yes, yes. I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. With the slot, mm-hmm. I, I would love to, I, I would love for you to, to talk about it. And for our listeners out there, if you go to, if you go to Emma's website, uh, on the getmirth.com, you'll see the the sloth hanging at the end of the mirth uh, as part of the logo. And so, yeah, I would love for you to to discuss about that. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, it's, uh, and we're just launching our newsletter this week. Um, again, you know, I'm a, in all sense of the word, you know, I'm a small business owner to begin with. And I've got um, a couple of wonderful contractors, including my head writer, who's just fantastic. So most of the um, the work on our website is both of us together. Um, and she's wonderful. Lauren, big shout out to Lauren. And, um, and so I, uh, we're launching it this week. And one of the first things we talk about is the sloth and daily, which is spelled D A L Y, but pronounced daily is our mascot is our sloth mascot. And they write all the, um, newsletters and all the, um, the communication, um, because they're our mascot and choosing a sloth for an app, so to speak, right? Or a tech startup um, software platform makes no sense whatsoever because <laughs> one of the premises of tech and startups is you move really fast. You know, Facebook's motto is move fast and break things, right? So it's all about moving fast and iterating and getting out to market and building and moving. And, you know, it's like, go, 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 right? That's the world. That's the very masculine energy that is in Silicon Valley. And that is the nature of a lot of the tech that we live with, um, where you just build, 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 build and get it out. And again, back to these guy contradictions, it's like, okay, so what would not quite the complete opposite, but what would a very different um, approach to building tech look like? And there is a movement called slow tech, um, built around slow food. Um, oh, I'm going to, of course, I'm not going to remember them. Slow food, slow tech, um, slow transportation, slow life, all of that, you know, there's a whole um, community and movement around slow. And it's the idea of being a little bit more mindful and a little bit more thoughtful. So as I'm building mirth, and as I'm thinking about mirth, and as I'm, you know, strategizing and planning and everything, I've got the sloth in the back of my mind, which just reminds me that a, you do not have to move fast, in order to live a very long time. Sloths are have lived forever. They've been around, and obviously, you know they they're they're challenged in today's ecosystems mostly because of humans. But um, but they have been around a very long time, and they haven't had to move fast in order to be that way. They look really slow on land, um, but if you put them in the water where they thrive, they are fast, fast, fast swimmers. And so if you put them in the right environments and have them in the right environments and they're doing what they're meant to do, similar to that saying where if you judge a fish for how it climbs the tree, um, then you think the fish is right, an idiot yeah, or whatever. So yeah. like if you put it in the right, yeah. <laughs> um, if you put <laughs> if you put it in the right environments really well. And then the other thing about sloth is they're massively efficient 
They only do what is necessary for their well-being, for them to survive, for them to procreate, for them to, you know, exist. They don't do a lot of superfluous extra stuff. They are massively efficient and they require less energy to do so and they exude less energy, but they do just what is required. And so um, it came to me, I... um I've had the real privilege of being in the Amazon and spending time with um, a sloth in person, which is one of those dream come trues. Um, challenging because obviously anytime you're you know, interacting with an animal, you never know um, if you're doing them harm or doing them good. It's, it's always a bit of a dilemma. Um, but I have had the experience of, of spending time with a sloth. And it came to me around that time that if I was going to build something, I'd want to be inspired by this. And then also... We live such a hurried, busy life. Now tell me the last time somebody didn't answer busy when you asked them how they were doing. This this actually brings me to another question that I was going to ask you. I read your article about stop saying you're busy and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And just, just like the how you were talking about busyness. So just as I'm sure you were about to do, I would love for you to go in and, and talk about this whole this whole culture around busyness. Absolutely. And, you know, again, at Murph, my head writer and I, we talk about, um, you know, words and language and how important that is. Um, and um, and we are inspired, you know, all the time by daily by the sloth and everything like that. And it, and it has made a big difference in my life. I, I live an unrushed life right now. Um, and I come, I lived in London, England for four years. I have at times worked two or three jobs. Um, I have been on, you know, a different flight. I went, I once went from like, where was I? I was in Singapore or something like that to Costa Rica within like a week or something through Australia. So like, I know what it looks like to move fast and to be busy and to always be running around and to have lots of things to do. I get it makes you feel really important. I am so important because I am busy, right? I am so important because I have so many things to do. Um, And we love saying we're busy. It is such an interesting word because if you really think about you're being controlled by that around you. There's no control. There's no serenity around busyness. Busyness feels chaotic. Busyness feels like you have no grasp on what's going on. Busyness feels like you 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 can't you can't you know stay still or stop moving or whatever. You're just you're just super busy. You're just like busy as a bee, and you're just like running around, running around, running around. But there's no thought. There's not a lot of mindfulness. There's not a lot of slowing down to it. Um, and just using the word both perpetuates that um, in ourselves and in society. And also um, takes away, I think, from building relationships or having relationships or having connection, feeling connected to yourself, slowing down. Um, And so I think a lot about this. It's the same. um, There's a lot of really lovely articles out there around um, hurried and a hurried life and being really hurried. But busy has become so ingrained. And in our article, which it is great. I mean, um, Lauren's pretty fabulous. Um, we talk a lot about smoking and like the coolness that smoking used to be. And now, 
you're cool if you're busy, right? So it's yes. this like it's this badge, <laughs> this badge of honor, right? So what I've started doing and what has changed my life in the last year is you will rarely find me say I'm busy, right? Like you will rarely and and it's not that I don't have things that I am doing, although again, like loving that there's a lot of times I have nothing to do, which is, you know, a, a, the biggest gift I've ever given myself. Um, it's not, you know, like I run this company, I do a bunch of advisor stuff, you know, I'm moving like there's all, you know, we're all busy. Don't don't like it's not that we're not busy, right? And it's not that we don't fill our lives, right? It's important to fill your lives with lots of things. It's how you approach it, right? So, you know, my plate's really full right now. I have a lot of things going on right now. You know, like I try to say things like that and avoid that word busy. And I don't know what it is. I, you know, it, it is, there's just something about the word. There's something about that badge. Um, also telling people that you're not busy. I challenge every listener <laughs> oh, out here to that. spend a week, regardless of whether you're busy or not. Just when somebody says, you know, how are you doing? Can you look at this? Be like, yeah, sure. I'm not busy. Like, see how people, it's the most incredible <laughs> reaction that I've ever seen. How have people uh, reacted in your experience of saying that? There's definitely a pause. There's definitely like, did <laughs> I hear that right? Did I like, are you, wait, sorry, what? Like, they're like, oh no, no, that can't be right. Like, oh no, that's impossible. Or um, they challenge it, right? They're like, oh no, no, but I know you're busy because I know you do all these things, Emma. So like, don't get me wrong. So there's like a challenge of it. Like there's, there's no way. And it just, it just makes them stop, right? I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a, um, a disturber that way where I, um, I was going to say shit disturber. I hope that's okay. Um, but oh, I just yeah. like, I have, I like, you know, I like doing things that kind of make people think and make and shake people's like normality up there. Um, and so just saying like, sure, I'm not busy. And they're so surprised. And then obviously, you know, you have to follow through, you have to be integral and, and try to follow through if you've made promises, but, um, but it just changes your mindset. You feel like I have, I mean, I feel like I have more time for so many things. I have lots of time for, for different things. Um, and, um, and yeah, and you know, like there'll be times in my life where I feel like I will be a lot busier. You know, we're, we're launching our newsletter this week. Um, I'm starting development on the app. So we've been in a lot of like design and pre-development and we're developing the app, which means like daily stand-ups and things like that. So for sure, like there will be times I'm up and down, but I would love to be able to hold that commitment to myself and 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 not fall into the trap of busyness. <laughs> busyness. Yeah. What I, is I, busyness? Yeah. I think we can all learn from that greatly. I think that it's so easy to fall into that pattern of saying that we're busy. And I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of it is it makes us almost feel better about ourselves, even though when we're busy, we have no control over the situation or various situations, as you were just saying. And I think, yeah, I think it's all a matter of just changing our approach as to what we're doing in our lives and and our relationship to time as well. I think that's so crucially important. Yeah. And busyness turns us into a bit of jerks, you know, like, oh, you're the busy guy going through the checkout at the grocery store, or you're the busy guy who can't wait two seconds because the light turned green and you didn't move. And like immediately busyness turns you into, you know, like move faster. And like, it just, it's, it's, um, it's interesting to watch again. Like I've been, I've been blessed with um, with a really wonderful kind of unrushed life for a while. And so I've been able to observe. And it's funny when you're not rushed, especially at airports. Now, I don't travel very much anymore. I like made a commitment 
Um, I'm really staying close to home. I now love my home. I love being home. I'm like a massive homebody. I don't want to travel. Um, I think I'm still recovering. I think I'm still in a bit of recovery from the amounts of amounts of travel. But when you're unrushed at the airport, it's an amazing experience, right? It's like you are surrounded by busy, important, rushed people. And when you say, oh, yeah, sure, like, go ahead of me. Or like, oh, yeah, sure, can I help? Can I hold you? Or you make a joke with the security agent or whatever. Like, that's where, you know, I I think about uh, connection and relationships a lot. Again, I think about all these things a lot. But um, I have found that it's the little connections. So, yeah, like, deep meaningful connections is really wonderful but there's something about having time to say hello to the grocery clerk to stopping and helping somebody do something to you know taking a moment right to connect with somebody who you don't know and I was not great at this for a long time, and especially when you travel you're just constantly meeting new people and you're just you know like I don't want to talk to the taxi driver And especially when you are feeling drained, I talk a lot about like the empty cup versus a full cup. And when you have an empty cup, it's hard to connect with other people. It's hard to give yourself a little bit because you're so empty. I don't want to. And so when you're filling your cup through self-care, it is a little bit easier. And I find like it's those connections that we've lost a lot of largely because of our phones, right? Like you're on your phone. And so you're not, you're not making eye contact or saying thank you or how's your day. Um, And I'm a small town girl and I live in a small town um, or in my, you know, in in California. So I live in Santa Cruz, California and in, um, you know, in, I guess in relative relativeness to London and some of the other places I've lived. Um, And so, yeah, people kind of stop and say hi and, you know, like, greet each other and at the grocery store and you know the mailman and you know it's it's the little connections like that that um really I think fill us up a lot more but can't be done without you being filled already right to have that extra little bit of time or energy and you don't have to be their best friend right you don't have to become like you know their best friend but um I think we've lost a lot of that because our heads are down in our phones and we're so drained and so stressed and so busy so I'd love to see a world. I mean, this is the motivation where I'd love to see a world where people are just feeling a little bit more filled up um, because they're focusing on their self-care in a community, um, not on their phones as much. So it's not being, you know, drained as quickly. Um, and, you know, we all just get along. I don't know. It sounds a little bit uh, utopian like, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That's no, I love I, I love that, though. It's ex- it's exactly what you said. It's like fill, filling our cups more through self-care so then that we're able to give even just a little bit in those small interactions that happen in our daily lives. I think you're right. I think those small moments really add up and really add a lot to your life and into our lives as time goes on. I, I think that there's something special in those moments. Yeah. Daily, one of daily's like uh, mantras is, and uh, yeah, one of daily's mantras is um, in a world where you can be anything, be kind, right? And in order to be kind, you have to, right, be filled, like have, you know, that little extra bit to, to give. You have to not be running around busy. You have to not think that you're like more important than everybody else. You have to, you know, and, uh, and I think those are little things. And that's what you know, I've been all over the world. I've seen lots of different things. I've had this amazing career. I've had 
lots of um, um, a wonderful life. It's a blessed life. And I, and I have a book in me somewhere that's called a made up life because a lot of my stories and a lot of it sounds like I've just made it up because there's <laughs> no way, right? Like that's impossible. There's no way. But, um, but at the end of the day, you know, like where I find myself at peace and enjoy um, and the happiest is when I have kind of found that inner, that inner um, joy through self-care and through changing my mindset, changing my language trying to inspire those around me, but, you know, working on myself more, right. Instead of worrying about them, like worry about myself a little bit and through behavior and through influence and through, um, uh, through demonstration, um, be able to change myself and then hopefully the world. That's, that's my hope. <laughs> well, it's a powerful hope to have. And, and I want to thank you so much for coming out on the show today and bringing your kindness to this episode as well. I not only appreciate you coming out on the show, but I also really appreciate the work that you're doing with Mirth and the intention that you have behind it as well. Your intention to create small, close-knit communities, relationships, to build accountability through those relationships and then also to foster a culture that is slower and takes time to really be intentional and more thoughtful and mindful with regards to how they're living their lives. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. That's brilliant. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Delighted. Before we head out, I'm wondering if you could just share with our listeners some information as to where they could find out more about you and your work. Sure. Well, in another contradiction, we're on all the socials because like that's <laughs> part of um, our world at the moment. Oh, yeah. um, and it's, it's get mirth. So G E T M Y R T H dot com or on, you know, the instas and the LinkedIn or whatever. It's all get mirth or mirth. Um, we have a newsletter that's going out. It's mostly our blog. We have this amazing blog full of um, habit uh, tips, picking up new habit tips, self care. We do um, uh, recommended readings, which is, you know, a, a roundup of a lot of what's happening on the web in the space. We talk a lot about digital wellness. I just read, I just wrote a, a nice piece on secondhand screen. So we talk a lot about screen time um, and our digital lives and how that might be impacting. We talk about relationships and things like that. So it's a really um, well curated blog that... Um, doesn't only talk about mirth and all the things that mirth can do, but if you are interested in mirth and some of the things mirth does, then getmirth.com is um, the website. And we have a newsletter, as I said, going out. Um, and we're looking to do a beta launch of the app around Digital Wellness Day, which is May 2nd. So um, in a few months, um, the digital wellness community will come together for Digital Wellness Day and Digital Wellness Week. And that's my goal. And we'll see if we if we achieve it. Um, and so there'll be an app for download as well um, to help put some of this um, this dream into a practical um, implica um, implementation, which is which is part of it. Um, so, yeah. And I'm Emma and I'm Emma at getmirth.com. Um, pretty straightforward. You can reach daily if you want to at hello at getmirth.com if you want some sloth inspiration. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's where we are. Great. Well, for our listeners out there, we'll make sure to include all those various links in the show notes. So just scroll down and you'll be able to check out all the great work that Mirth is doing. So Emma, one last question for you. 
What is your definition of a meaningful relationship? Yes, um, a meaningful relationship, I think, is showing up with your full, true self, um, which, again, I think, I think is hard. I think that people won't feel connected to you unless you have something of a substantial foundation. And I think that that's very challenging um, in and of itself. But, you know, creating that deep relationship, meaningful relationship um, with somebody else requires you to work on yourself. And then, um, you know, feeling vulnerable and, and feeling open and I'm not sure we can do it in large, large, large groups. I think that um, the other um, piece around meaningful relationships that I think um, they have to kind of be either one-on-one -on -one or or um, or small groups where you feel um, that people are listening and that you're connected to them. Um, and so you may not have a million meaningful relationships. You may just have one. But as we say, you know, sometimes all it takes is one. Great. I love that. We'll leave our listeners with that then. So Emma, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Ships with Emma McLaren. There is a lot of great value in this episode, especially if you're figuring out ways to practice self-care in the digital age, figuring out ways in which you can develop more meaningful connections and relationships, and also how to live a slower life. So Emma, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If you liked this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review and let me know your thoughts. I would really appreciate it. Also, share it with a friend who you think it might resonate with. Perhaps someone who you think would really benefit from hearing about mirth. You also have the opportunity to support this podcast. Supporting this podcast will allow me to continue producing episodes with insightful messages and inspiring guests. So if you're interested in supporting, just scroll down in the show notes and click the link provided. Also, if you're interested in having me as a guest speaker at your upcoming event, head on over to patmacandrew.com and contact me there. I love speaking at events, whether they're corporate events, at your educational institutions, or community events happening in your city or town. So feel free to reach out. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the Ships Podcast. I hope you're really gaining a lot of wisdom from these episodes. I know that I am. So with that said, I will catch you all in the next episode.